What a powerful name. There's a whole spiritual realm that is alive and awake and active. Jesus, we thank You that Your name alone has dominion and authority over every other name and that by that name we are saved. By that name you've claimed us as your own. All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to you. no rival you have no equal nothing can stand against you you are who you say you are you reign on high nothing that happens in this world can shake you and yet we are safe under the shadow of your wing You are our safe place to run to. We're just going to take a couple of minutes while the musos play. I encourage you to take your seats and spend a moment or two just speaking to the Lord, thanking Him for who He is, letting your mind be settled asking the Holy Spirit to come to be fresh and real to you today. The Lord may put somebody on your mind or your heart for you to lift up to Him. You may want to just commit yourself afresh to His love and His grace poured out for you. together. We thank you, Father, for the gift of life. We thank you for who you are. And we pray that our lives would reflect more and more of your grace and your mercy and your righteousness. Today we bring before you, Lord, the people of New Zealand, especially those in Christchurch. Lord, the horror of what's happened over the last couple of days reminds us again that this world, your world, is so broken and in need of you. Lord, may your light shine in the city of Christ Church in the coming days. And may those who've lost loved ones know your peace and your comfort. Lord, we pray for all of those in positions of authority that they would know your wisdom and discernment 
as they manage the consequences of this devastating act. To those who are injured, bring your hand of healing and restoration. And to the nation of New Zealand, please bring your peace to all who feel scared, fearful and distressed. Father, you love the world you've created and so often we take for granted our peace and our freedom and we pray that this would be a reminder to us to share who you are and the hope that we have in you with confidence and with boldness. Lord, we also bring before you the governments, including our own, who've been debating in recent months the sanctity of life. the right of the unborn to be protected. You are our father. You are the author of life, the sustainer of life, and without you, no thing would have life. Lord, have mercy on us. Grant those in leadership who seek to honour and declare your will in this debate immense courage, and I pray that their voice would be heard above the clamouring noise of a popular vote or our own desires to make decisions that seem right or logical to us. Father, give us as your church a fresh inspiration of your Father's heart. Give us eyes to see those around us who are confused and hurting in the midst of these discussions and may we speak words of truth, words of life, words of hope. Lord, awaken your church, awaken your people. May we not slumber in these days when it's so easy to turn away and allow things that grieve you to go ahead. And finally, Lord, I want to lift up the families and young people of our church. Please strengthen them with a supernatural tenacity and a passion to serve you. Fill them with your power. Make them a light to their friends and peers. And I pray, Lord, that you would give each parent here and each grandparent here insight into how to relate to and raise the children in their families. May they know your peace in challenging seasons, your power in times when breakthrough is needed, your grace when pain has been caused and your love to empower and encourage their children to follow you and know you as their Lord and Saviour. Lord, we thank you for the gift of prayer. Thank you that you are a faithful and good God. Thank you that our words do not fall on deaf ears. Every thought that we have and every emotion that we feel is known by you before we even speak it or recognise it ourselves. And yet you grant us this beautiful opportunity to open our hearts and allow you to come in and to fill us anew, to lead us in your ways. And you promise to never leave us nor forsake us. So Lord, we trust you. We bring these situations before you. 
We pray that you would alert our minds this coming week to people who need to hear from you. May we be open in our faith in a very natural way. That we would be sensitive to the leading and moving of your Holy Spirit and that you would use us to shine your light in this broken world. We thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. I need a tissue. (laughs) How good is it? just to be in worship. Uh, thank you, Hannah, for leading us in that special time. Just the words you spoke were so powerful and made that song come alive. Thank you, Joe, for your prayers. So good just to sit in his presence, isn't it? From whatever week we've come from, whatever stress, whatever we're thinking about and going through, just to come and just sit in his presence. Let his his spirit wash over us afresh and uh, renew our minds. So good, so good. And it's so good to see David Cottrell up on keys for the first time. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you, Dave. And uh, Willie was on the door for the first time today. We've been talking about, as a church, finding that sweet spot and and finding our gifting and, and being used in the life of the church and just seeing just simple things like that just really stirs my heart and uh, excites me that, that people are stepping up and uh, people are taking on board wanting to participate uh, in the life of the church and, and use their gifts and use who they are to serve him. Um, as Kerry said, we've been speaking and we've, we're in the middle of a series called Let Your Light Shine. And it's taken from uh, part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, uh, where he, he says to those there, you are the light of the world. Just like that Sean W. Smith song that we heard with the kids. And we are to shine. We are to shine in this world. And last week, um, I said that the, the reason we're doing this series is to support the notion that... Um, we have an outreach strategy, and that is basically for us as the church body to, to go from here uh, into our world, into our workplaces, into our families, and to, to share the love that is in us uh, with those around us. And so we're to go from here and, and go into our, our neighbourhoods, um, into the, the relationships that we have. And so the desire uh, for me is to actually give some teaching, give some practical insight uh, into how we actually go about that. What does it mean to go forth from here and uh, share our faith with others? Um, So if you weren't here last week, you can catch up online. Last week we talked about who is the source of our light. So um, Jesus is the light that lives inside of us. And we are to reflect that light with those around us. And the closer we draw to him, Jesus, 
then the brighter our light shines. And the transverse can also be said, the further away we are from Jesus, then the, the dimmer our light would be. And so we discovered that in the Great Commission, uh, it was birthed, uh, it was said in the context of worship. The disciples were there, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And in that, Jesus commissions his disciples to go. And now this is very important. Before we go, before we talk about any effort, any desire, any means by which we go forth, first and foremost, it is about our relationship and our love for him. It is Jesus living inside us. It is building that relationship. So before we go into the world, before we go to shine, we must first be filled with Christ through the Holy Spirit. And this is primarily done in and through our worship of him. If we don't know Jesus, if we don't understand what he has done for us, if we don't have Christ alive in our hearts, then it's impossible to, to display something we don't have. It's impossible to, to display something we don't have. And so I said, the, part of the purpose, and I really sense it this morning, part of the purpose of coming together, meeting around Jesus in worship, it's like that merry-go-round that goes fast, the centrifugal force, as we gather around him in worship, as we are filled in wonder, as our hearts are set alight in him, uh, that just flings us out uh, into the world around us to take what we have experienced and share it amongst those around us. So that's first and foremost. Before we go, it's important to be grounded in the knowledge that it's not us, it's Jesus in us. And it's through our relationship with him that we are able to shine. So this morning, I want to look at this passage itself and draw out some observations. What does it mean to shine? What does it mean to actually shine? Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see. I'm going to stop there. That they may see. And the crux, the central theme of this morning is whether you mean it or not, whether you're intentional about it or not, your life, the way you live, speaks. Your life speaks because your lives are on display for all to see and what people see in our actions what they see in our attitudes what they see in our convictions what they see in our ethics what they see in our reactions all say something how you live your life is sending a message to those around you more than your words or the things you might say. People are watching your life. Especially when you declare that you're a Christian. 
especially. Hi, my name's Bob and uh, I'm a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever you declare that, people want to know what that means. You're a Christian. Hmm. How am I going to understand what that means? I'm going to observe. And they're going to find out the answer to that question, not in the things that you say, but in how you live. How do you respond to adversity? How do you treat other people when they haven't treated you so well? How do you show kindness and mercy to those who are undeserving? How do you speak well of others when everyone else is pulling them down? How do you give generously when you don't have much to give? Or how do you give generously when you have lots to give? You might have heard this saying from uh, Ralph Emerson. Who you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. (laughs) Who you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. It's a simple saying, it's a simple concept, and yet I find this so challenging. How do we live a life of consistency where what we do lines up with what we desire to proclaim. Who you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. In a similar way, Paul uh, in 2 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 3 says, your life is a letter that other people are reading. I like the way the message puts it. Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read just by looking at you. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives, and we publish it. Your lives are a very letter that anyone can read. So your life, intentionally or not, is speaking. Um, A mother was uh, hearing her children argue and make an awful noise in the playroom and they were arguing and yelling and carrying on and the mother had finally said, right, that's it, that's enough, I'm going to find out what's going on, opens the door, what on earth is going on children, why are you arguing and yelling? And the, and the eldest child says, oh, we're not, we're not, we're just playing mummies and daddies. Man, now I've got to tell you, that's something I'm so aware of and conscious of. What are we saying, not only to those around us, but to our children, about what it means to be a Christ follower? And uh, particularly, um, you know, myself, as, as a pastor, what, as my children look to me, what does it mean, not only to, to be a, a disciple, but to actually be a pastor and to be in ministry? What do they, they see more than what they hear their dad say? That's really challenging. Um, one, of, one of my pastors was a guy called Ian Lohmeyer, um, and he is Adam's uncle. Adam's not here. Um, and he once gave this sermon uh, in a similar vein to this, and his illustration was that on his credit card, it doesn't say Mr. Ian Lohmeyer, it says Reverend Ian Lohmeyer. And he was so conscious that every time he made a purchase, 
he was giving over this card and they saw his title. And he would be like, ooh, how have I engaged with this person? How have I conducted myself in the shop or at the restaurant uh, where I'm paying for the bill? Because, ooh, it's actually showing who I am. What have I done to, dis- to display that? D.L. Moody uh, once said this, a holy life will produce the deepest impression. Lighthouses blow no horns. They only shine. They don't make a noise. They don't declare stuff. They don't shout. They don't push stuff in your face. They just shine. They just shine. So how, how we shine will actually leave an impression on those around us. Um, as I think about this concept, a story in my life comes to mind, um, and it's a story from my band days. Um, if you didn't know, I was in a punk rock band for six years. If you're ever thinking about going into ministry, do something like being a punk rock band because it gives you lots and lots of stories to tell. <laughs> um, so many cool stories. But uh, I was in, in a band and one of the joys of that was being out of tour the country. And when we first started out, we'd sort of hire a van and just drive to Melbourne and back and, and that sort of thing. But towards the end of our career, we were starting to tour with mainline bands and be the support act for them uh, all across the country. And um, there was this particular band called No Use For A Name that we toured and we, we started in Brisbane and went to Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra, and Adelaide, I think. And we were touring with another band as well. They were actually good friends of ours and they started at the same sort of time as us and they were a punk band. And when they started, they had the same sort of philosophy, which was to be Christians in a band and to declare who God is uh, in a world that is uh, dark, in in a scene that that really doesn't uh, live uh, for Jesus. And... And so they started, and they're a Melbourne band, and we're an Adelaide band, and we, we played a few shows with each other, and we, we, we struck up a really good friendship. Um, but what had actually happened was the, the culture that we played in actually overtook them. Um, yeah, Hannah said this morning, the darkness has not overcome it. For them, it was the opposite. The darkness had actually come... And they started to live their lives not in accordance to what it would mean to be a Christ follower. And uh, we, as their friends, knew this and prayed for them. And uh, we kind of struggled to to watch it happen, actually, because they started out in the same vein, wanting to declare who Jesus was, but now they're sort of in the world and behaving in ways that weren't so great. And... We found out that we were going to be touring with them for two weeks. And this kind of excited us because we'd be able to build relationships, we'd be able to speak into their lives and and that sort of thing. And so we were, I think it was in Sydney, and we're about to to play a show and the guitarist of the band says, oh, I need some new guitar strings. I don't have any guitar strings. So I need to find a guitar shop to buy some new strings to put on my guitar. And I said, oh, I'll take you. Um, you know, a bit of one-on-one time, that'd be nice. So uh, we get in our hire van, 
that we had hired uh, with our own money. And we're, we're going to the guitar shop and, and I say to him, oh, how often do you change your guitar strings? He said, every show. And it kind of blew me away a bit because it's like, well, a set of guitar strings is like 20 bucks. And for us at that stage, we were just grafting fruit trees at Charleston and all of our money just sort of went into paying for recording an album or merchandise and things like that. We didn't get paid uh, like a salary or anything in our, in our band life. So for me, this was a strange concept. Wow, you must have so much money to be able to spend $20 on a set of guitar strings. And I sort of mentioned, you know, we don't even have the funds to pay for the insurance on our hire cars. <laughs> you might see where this is going. Um, and so we're sitting there, so we get the guitar strings and we come back to the venue and we've had a good conversation and there's a park that looks like it fits this hire van. And I'm used to driving my little car around and this is quite a big van. And there's a, a ute with a metal tray that I'm reverse parallel parking behind. And so I'm sort of chatting as, as and uh, reverse, and of course, <laughs> completely scrape three panels of the van and completely wreck it. And my response was, oh no. Because I, straight in my mind, I was thinking, we didn't pay that extra insurance when it was only an extra $30 a day or something. Now this is going to have to come out of my bank account. Oh no, was my response. Do you know what his response was? That's it, I give up, you win. It's like, what do you mean I win? I just crashed a car. This is a, this is a terrible thing. What do you mean I win? He said, that's it. I, I give up, you win. What do you mean? He said, we've been looking for a reason in which we can say that you're a hypocrite. That we can say that you say that you're a Christian, but I saw you do this. And he said, when you crash the car, I thought this is going to be it. He's going to swear. <laughs> and I'm going to have a little word with him to say, ha, you call yourself a Christian and you swear. Lo and behold, he told me after, before the tour, they got together as a band and they schemed. And they said, you watch this guy, you watch this guy, I'll watch this guy and we'll, we'll have a notepad and we'll write down all the things that they do or say that we can pull them up on afterwards. And he said, I've got nothing. <laughs> you win. <laughs> How we shine will leave an impression on those around us. And it's not often with the things that we say, but what we do. So often, the simple things. Not the intense philosophical discussions, not the clever theological rhetoric, so profound that when we say it, we even get lost. It's the simple smile. It's the kind gesture. It's the compassionate act of service and it's the positive words spoken into someone's broken life. It's through being like Jesus. How did Jesus live his life? If we look at every situation, every interaction that he had, 
with whether it be someone who has thought themselves righteous or someone who is broken and lonely. That's why Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. We're wanting to be like Jesus as we shine. It's by displaying the fruits of the Spirit. Love, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, self-control. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Now, Jesus says that he was the light of the world. Now, Jesus takes that mantle and he places that on you and I and he says, now let this light, let your very lives be noticeable, shine before people. You were designed to shine. Turn to the person next to you and say, you were born to shine. (laughs) Just like that Sean W. Smith song this morning. Shine. Shine. In Ephesians 5, Paul says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For this light that is in us produces only what is good and true. So we don't add to the darkness, but we are to be a light that shines in it. Your life is your greatest and most constant message. You know, sermons go for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, a bit longer depending on who's talking. Sometimes you might say, hallelujah, he's stopped talking. But you know what? Your life message never stops talking. And your congregation are not those who sit around on a Sunday morning, but those that you meet week to week. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. A light, a lamp, a light bulb, is designed to, well, give light. So you are the light and your life is designed to give light. It's not designed to be hidden. It's designed to be seen, witnessed, noticed. Oh, but I don't have the personality type. Oh, you know, I'm just not that outgoing. Oh, it's, it's someone else's job. Jesus declares that you are the light of the world. You. And you are designed to shine. You're not designed to be hidden under a bowl. You're designed to be on display. In 1999, the Barna Group published an article that said 55% of born-again Christians believed it was their responsibility to tell others about Jesus. Only 55%. Shocked me. So I went online and I sort of uh, researched it and they, they redid it quite recently. And it's gone to 53% now. 
think, but it's, but it's, their, it's their job. You are the light of the world. You are designed to shine, not to be hidden, but to be obvious. Think about it this way. Um, our children once got a, a, a present which was a, a torch that had um, some things that you put on the end which then when you shine it on a wall display uh, the shadow of the picture. And I remember when they first got this present, they turned it on in a room and they said, oh, that, it doesn't work <laughs> because they're in, a, in the daytime in a well-lit room. I said to them, no, 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 you've got to go into a, a place where it's dark. And so in one of our children's rooms, we've got a constant uh, thing on the window that makes it dark so that the children can sleep during the day. Go into that room. So they go into that room where it's dark and they, they turn on the thing and sure enough, the thing shines. It's a bit like a, a torch. Um, you know, if, I, if I turn this, this torch on, you know, it, it doesn't really do much in this space. When you shine a torch in a light room, it really makes no difference to the lightness around it. However, a torch isn't designed to be used in the light. A torch, by very nature, is designed to be in the dark. Ooh. <laughs> now, I wish I had to charge the batteries a bit more. That would have been good. <laughs> This used to be a very powerful torch. <laughs> anyway, so it's in the darkness that we can now see the light of the, of the torch shining. Beforehand, when the lights were on, thanks Dave, you can put them up again, it, you can't really see that bearing any difference to the light around it. In Philippians, Paul says, Live clean and innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights. Where? In a world full of crooked and perverse people. So we're shining like bright lights, not in the light, but in a world full of crookedness. The NIV says, shine among them like stars. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but I remember the first time I ever went camping in the country and I looked up at the night sky and I said, whoa, who turned the brightness knob up? Stars don't look like this in the city. They don't look like this when there are other lights shining around. But when you are removed from the city and you go to a country location, we camped in the Flinders Ranges and I looked up, wow. In contrast to the darkness, the stars shine the most bright. They're shining the same amount when there's other light around. It's just that you don't notice them as much as when there's a contrast of the darkness around it. And so you, like this torch, like the stars, are a source of light that is designed to shine, designed to give light in the darkness in the world. Go out into all the world and let your light shine before others that they may hear about you, they may perceive, they may 
hear third hand, that they may read a book about it, that they may see your good deeds, that they may observe, that they may see you shining bright. Friends, if our lives are only being seen in the light, then, there, then we are only being the light of the church, not as Jesus describes us, as the light of the world. Instead, we, we don't hide it, we put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. I want to ask you a question this morning. Who is in your house? Not your literal house. When you put a light on a stand, back in those days, no electricity, it's just one lamp, put it up high in order to give light to everyone in the house. And Jesus is saying, when we're on display, when we're being noticed, when our lives shine before people, when people see our the message of what our lives declare, it gives light to people around us, to people in the house. So I want to ask you, who is in your house? Who are you giving light to? Who is reading the letter of your life? It's a question I think we seriously need to ponder. Who are you giving light to? And it's a question I have to ask myself. You know, the more years that you're engaged in ministry life, the more your friendship circle kind of just includes church people. Who is in my house? I remember um, <coughs> when I was in Bible college, one of the lecturers said to write down 10 names of, of people who don't know Jesus. And all the young people found that very easy to do. But the older, more experienced pastors that have sort of come and be retrained found that very difficult. Because the more they got involved in church life, the less they actually engaged with people who actually need to see their light shine. So where is Jesus calling you to shine your light? Ask that question of yourself. Who is actually observing the message that your life speaks? Are you placing yourself on a stand up high, positioning yourself, intentionally putting yourself in the world, in the darkness, in front of those who need Jesus most? in order that they might see you shine. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that without you we can do nothing. And we might desire to go and make a difference in this world and to shine, but without your light in us, we would be just a dim thing. And we know that you don't call us to go shout from the rooftops and make a noise, but you're calling us to simply 
display our lives in such a way that we would be noticeable to those around us. That our life would declare your message just through how we live, how we act. And Lord, we are so conscious that there are so many people who desperately need your love, who desperately need the message of Jesus to come and transform their lives. And Lord, you call us to be the ones that actually go and declare the message of truth. So help us, Lord, not to put our lives under a bowl, but to actually leave from here empowered, built up, set ablaze again, to actually go out and live our lives in such a way that others would take notice, that others would be surprised, that others would be amazed, that others would be wowed, that there is something different and be drawn to that difference. So Lord, take away any fear that we might have that would stop us or that would cause us to put a bowl over our heads. Help us, Lord, to be up high. Help us to position ourselves to go into the world in such a way that we wouldn't just shine with other lights around us, but that we would go into places that really need your light, your hope and your love. And Lord, I pray for anyone here today that might be challenged by the thought of what it means to live their life in a consistent way. Empower them by your spirit, Lord, that they might not be focused on the things of the flesh, but the things of the spirit, and that they would be able to go forward in confidence, knowing that you are alive in them, that you are the source of their light, and that because of that, they can live a life just like you and make the biggest difference in this world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close by singing a song uh, Hannah chose as she heard about the theme this morning and, and the first line, that he brings light to those in darkness. Let's stand together and, and sing this. And if you're wanting prayer this morning, as we normally do, we encourage you to come forward if there's anything that doesn't have to be anything to do with the word that's been spoken this morning. It could be anything in your life. Uh, but that, that team is also going to be here afterwards. Uh, so if there's anything that you want to just gather around in prayer, and it might be that sense of, Lord, I do feel timid. I do feel like I just only shine around others that shine. And I know you're calling me to actually make a difference in the world that I live but I need the confidence. I need the boldness to go do that. And that boldness comes from, from Him. And you might want that prayer this morning. And I encourage you to do that so that we can go forth and make a difference. Let's stand together and sing.